okay to be frustrated. It's not okay to kidnap people. But they ruined my plans. I hear that you're feeling sad right now. I was just trying to save her life. Would you like to squeeze this stuffed animal to make you feel better? You turn around, Ethan has decapitated the stuffed animal. Ethan! You know what I hate? And I just have to finally say it. Okay, before you say it, is am I going to be upset about this? No, I don't oh. think so. Okay, proceed. When I'm on TikTok, and a video starts out with someone going, I have to talk really fast because I have to try to fit this all into one minute. If you hadn't have said that, you would have had more time to say what you're trying to say. And sometimes they say even more than that. They're like, I've tried to record this so many times and I just can't fit it all into one minute, but I'm going to talk really fast. I'm going to see if I can fit it all into one minute. But you just wasted 10 seconds of your minute. It's actually infuriating. I refuse to watch the rest of the video. And I, I where is the logic there? Uh, honestly, I saw it this week. And I wrote it down in my notes, within my lost notes, so that I could rant about it. Because I've seen a lot of videos on TikTok talking about things I hate on TikTok. And I've never seen someone talk about that. And so I'm putting it out into the ether. This must stop. I think it's stupid because you can post up to 10 minutes on TikTok. That's a great point. <laughs> It's just, it's so fucking stupid. Like, just talk fast and say what you're trying to say. And if it goes to a part two, it does. But like, oh my God, stop. It, it's so counterintuitive. I'm not a big fan of TikToks where the cuts, because I, I understand the need to, to cut up when you're talking for a long period of time. Like I've made a video where I've talked about my theories about certain things that happen later in the show. And I tried to do it just in one sitting and I rambled and I said a lot and it wasn't good. So I ended up breaking it up, but I always hold the phone and just have my thumb above the button so I can just start and stop, start and stop. There are videos where people will be saying something that's very intelligent and thought out and clearly scripted. And I just get annoyed because you see them reach to stop it just over and over. They talk, they maybe say like a sentence and then, and I'm just like, no, you've lost me. You've lost me because I'm distracted by how many times I see your arm. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to lie. I need to just get off TikTok because it's just destroying my brain. And also it's about 75% ads now. Is it? It's, I swear, I can scroll through 10 videos and I will hit like four videos in a row that are eligible for commission, eligible for commission, TikTok shop, ad, TikTok shop. Like, I know that was more than four. I never claimed to be a good counter, but it is so annoying. And I just need, like, the answer is get off of TikTok. I, I'm addicted. Ads don't really bother me on TikTok. And I'm, that's not me saying I want more ads. It's just you can swipe away so quickly. It's not like how, but I mean, that's how YouTube was. Five second ad that you could skip or whatever. And next thing you know, you're watching four minute ads before a video starts. 
with no ability to skip or you get multiple ads in a row or an ad in the middle of the video. So I'm sure that time is coming. I think what's annoying about it is the ads used to be infrequent and very obvious and I would just swipe away like no problem. But now they're constant. And it's also just a lot of like creators that I've, I see all the time. And at first I won't even realize it's an ad and it's stuff that I would potentially watch. And I try not to be influenced at all, but it might be something like, oh, this hair product or whatever. And then I realize it's a fucking ad. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that because I don't trust anything that anybody says in an ad because they're being paid to say it. Wouldn't that be a great time for us to segue into our first ever sponsor? (laughs) Uh, I guess nobody would ever want to sponsor us considering I just said. I've always been in like the, the thought process that I would only like sponsor something that like I actually like use because I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, better help is so fucking great when like I legitimately think it's a shitty company. You know what? I would never like they could pay me any amount of money. And you know what? I would never accept as a sponsor. What? HelloFresh. You've you've talked about HelloFresh on the podcast before, and I've edited a lot of it out because I was like, maybe one day. <laughs> They're a dog shit company. Dog shit. They're basically fucking begging people to buy from them. Like, they just, like, sneak into your home and leave, like, a $100 coupon under your pillow. They're like, please, please buy our meals. We're not going to send you any fucking protein, and they're going to cost a lot of money. Please buy us. It's like It's like the old joke, uh had a HelloFresh subscription sitting in my front seat when I left my car, came back with a broken window and two more. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, honestly, I tried it because I didn't know. I've never been the same since. Paint had it. I liked it. Or maybe she had blue apron. The whole point for me was like, First of all, I thought I was getting such a good deal because it was one of those fucking deals where they were like, oh, we're going to give you 60% off and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this comes out to like basically nothing. But that's because the expensive part of grocery shopping is the meat. They don't give you any meat for a week of meals. I got I'm not kidding. Half a chicken breast. How many meals called for chicken? You had to add chicken or something to every single meal. It was just like, oh, here's a half-assed thing of pasta. Like, that's your meal. And then also, like, I'm a garlic girl. They literally sent me, like, a pinky-sized little thing of garlic. And I was like, that's not enough. (laughs) When was that ever going to be enough? Honestly, fuck HelloFresh. I feel like our podcast must be really refreshing to the listeners because a lot of podcasts are just like, yeah, we're talking about whatever structure format. We don't have that. And also, instead of ads, we just talk shit about companies. Yeah, we're probably going to get like a cease and desist from HelloFresh. I will not stand down. Look, if we get a cease and desist from HelloFresh, that's as good as having a sponsor. I'll get a tattoo. If we get a cease and desist from HelloFresh, I'll get two tattoos. Should we have just a segment where we talk shit about HelloFresh? No. What's the, what's in the opposite? We call it a da. It's the opposite of an ad. 
It's like de-influencing, but it's aggressive de-influencing. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna do the Walking Dead podcast. We're gonna do a HelloFresh sucks podcast. <laughs> I could have a lots of content for that. It's just what I just said over and over and over again. Which leads me to my next segment. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren, and I hate HelloFresh. And today we're covering Season 3, Episode 16, One of Us. Initial thoughts on the episode, Lauren? Uh, <laughs> I'm just... Honestly, okay, I barely, I literally wrote down one note at the very beginning of the episode. I was just in it. I really enjoyed this episode. And I had thoughts. I had feelings. I was taking sides. And then at the end, I was like, what? I felt so bamboozled. Bamboozled, run amok, led astray, and outright hoodwinked. I could not remember if it was this week or next week that we started the run, in my opinion, of just like fantastic episodes all the way to the end of season three. And honestly, I feel like it was this week. Well, it was a great episode. I was I was into it. I have a lot of thoughts, but wowzers. It's like. I'm almost glad I didn't take notes because I don't want anything that I thought in writing. <laughs> Just some bad takes. I don't even think they're bad takes because I'll explain why in the end, but. So it is, it is a really good episode, in my opinion. Even though you don't have anything in writing, I have to imagine you have a synopsis. Oh, I just wrote it like five minutes ago because I was like, I didn't even take notes like because my phone was about to die. I said, I don't even need my notes. And I said, oh, should I do not have a synopsis? OK, here it is. Juliet joins the camp and people are not happy. <laughs> yeah. S- simple, straight to the point. Love it. I think it was really good. I actually was listening to some of our older episodes the other day just because you were using Spotify and I didn't know what else to listen to. Do you remember the times where it, it, I had to like beg you to make a synopsis? Yeah. How far you know- we've come. I was scrolling through my notes the other day because I was talking to Andrew about bits and I was like, oh, I I shared some of your bits on the podcast. And then he was like, like what? And I said, I don't fucking remember. (laughs) So scrolling through all my notes and I used to take such long notes and then like jump to this week. I wrote one sentence. I know it's it's not gone unnoticed. (laughs) But it's because I'm way more invested now. And also like. It's not that deep. Is that the new catchphrase for this fucking podcast? I think so. All right. Well, speaking of deep, I have so many quick bits today. A whole three. Isn't that what you normally have? Yeah, it's about the average. Okay. Do you remember that one time I had six and you were like, I'm going to die? No, I probably blocked it out. This episode was directed by Jack Bender. This shouldn't even count. What do you mean? As As a quick bit. It's been a while since he directed one. Nobody cares. Okay. The Dharma logo is encircled by symbols known as trigrams. There are eight trigrams altogether, each representing an aspect of life. One of the trigrams can be seen on the tower of the submarine as Juliet is standing on it. The trigram represents the front door, which is the beginning of your life, path, or career. Kira Rat Aviation is the airport the others use as a front to get Juliet to the island. 
Kirarat is a possible anagram for Earhart, the famous lost aviator, or her a rat, which foreshadows the reveal at the end of the episode. That's fucking stupid. Why is that stupid? I don't know. You know what? I don't like those things. Anagrams? That, yeah. I don't like like anagrams. Why not? They're just like tricky, but for what? Nobody knows that that's what they are until after. And then you're just like, oh, here's the thing. Start it out, friends. I have been listening to the episodes as you edit them. And I swear to God, if you say that to me one more time, I quit the podcast. Stop having such a long gap. You say it immediately. And here's, I almost said it again. Here's the thing, comma, and, and then you say your thing. Or you're like, here's the thing, colon. That There's a natural pause there when somebody says that. Let me have my natural pause. Stop saying that. I got it off of you, between you doing it a couple times and the our father. Okay, that's fine. But you know what? You should know, we don't like to run things into the ground. So Never. just let it die, you know? Anyway, I don't even remember what I was going to say now. Oh, I was going to say I'm stupid and things like that just don't like I don't register them. And then after the fact, I don't care because I didn't see them in the beginning. If I didn't notice it as I was watching, I don't care. You and I are completely different. I love shit like that. That's why I love this show so much. I like it for all the hot people. Well, let's get into it. Kate, Jack, Saeed, and Juliet are walking across the island, headed for home. After they wade through a creek, Saeed says it's getting late and they should make camp. Jack and Kate go to get firewood, leaving Saeed and Juliet alone. We get a quick montage of Jack and Kate just breaking pieces of wood, and Kate asks if Jack wants to talk about the week he spent with the others. Jack explains that he made a deal with Ben, that if he took care of him, he would let him off the island, so he kept his head down did what he was supposed to, and did not ask questions. Kate asks if that is it, and Jack says yes. So I have to imagine you were immediately frustrated with Jack because of the whole didn't ask questions. Um, I didn't actually think that at the time. I don't, you know what? I was so distracted by the sound of their wood. Okay, so have on TikTok, have you gotten videos of... I forget what the job is called, but, you know, the people who do the sound effects of TV shows and movies. Yes. I could just tell that they didn't use the right type of wood for this scene. The wood sounded very, like, hollow, very dry, very clanky. Wood covered in bark like that wouldn't make those sounds. And also... They are in an, an environment that rains a lot. The wood wouldn't be that dry, and it sounded very dry. So that's what I took from the scene. You mean to tell me that you don't like small details, and then you just talked at length about a detail that does not even matter? It's not an intelligent detail. I like to nitpick. Believe me, I know it's not intelligent. <laughs> okay, I never said it was. I'm telling you what I got from the scene. This is Lauren gets lost. And this time Lauren gets lost in the sound of the wood and how that's not how wood sounds. 
the in this wood scenario. is alive with the sound of wood. I hated all of that. Don't ever talk to me or my son ever again. You know, I frequently go to a karaoke night now. And I've, I've heard... performed on stage. Okay. There is now footage of me singing cough syrup floating out there, and I hate it. There's footage of me singing Fergalicious drunk off my ass and i really thought i was killing it and then when delaney showed me the video the next day i was just singing like basically no emotion no inflection in my voice like almost monotone i was up there just like virgilicious definition make the point like and i was up there like oh my god the crowd loves me the crowd was like two people delaney and forest so yeah i hope that never gets out Juliet cleans herself with a rag and Saeed stares her down. At first I thought he was like checking her out, but you know, that's not Saeed's game. She tells him to just start interrogating her and Saeed says he wants to know what the others are doing on the island, terrorizing them, making lists, kidnapping children. But first he wants to know who she is. This was my one and only note taken this episode. Finally, someone is asking questions. Thank you, Saeed. Although I do have a bone to pick with him later, but currently, thank you, Saeed. So if Saeed was like snapping pieces of wood while while asking those questions, would you would still be appreciative of it? It it wasn't actually the way that the sticks were breaking. Those sounds were fine. It was the sound of when they were putting them into their arms. And oh, the like it was like clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're talking that, about. That's not how that would have sounded. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Or like when Jack later throws it down and it's like. I don't remember that. See, you're overthinking it. I'm so sorry. In the first flashback of the episode, Juliet and Rachel pull up to the airport and Rachel comments on how intense the security is for this shady corporation. Juliet says that she's never going to fit in with these people. And then Ethan offers to grab her bags. Richard comes out and introduces himself to Rachel, and then he says for security reasons, Rachel cannot go any further. Juliet and Rachel say their goodbyes, and Juliet asks if she's making a mistake. What if Rachel gets sick again? Rachel says that her cancer is gone, and she is pregnant thanks to her. And then Juliet says that she will be back before she gives birth. Rachel tells her that she has spent her whole life working for this moment, so don't screw it up. They say, I love you, and hug and Rachel tells her to go make her proud, and then Juliet climbs into the van. And the entire time I was watching this scene, I was just thinking to myself, I wonder what it would be like if you had a sister instead of me. Because <laughs> we would never have like a tearful goodbye for any circumstance. No, we would not. I can't really imagine myself having a tearful goodbye with anybody. Like, I have girlfriends. I've never had a tearful goodbye with them. But you don't know what it's like to have, like, an actual sisterly bond, you know? Who knows what that would be like? I guess. I Besides just don't people who think, have sisters. I don't think um, it has to do with having a sister or not. I don't really feel like our family is conducive to tearful heartfelt moments this goes back to the age-old thing we would say every 
loved one visit of Survivor where any one of us could be the castaway and be the, the loved one visit. And Jeff would be like, your sister Lauren's here to see you. And instead of like, oh, I'm so happy, big hug, you would just be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I, yeah, I, like, what better proof is there that I live across the country and I see you guys like once or twice a year and no offense, but like, I don't miss you. Lauren, we talk every week. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really understand. I understand that on Survivor, you can't talk to them, but it's like, if you stay the whole time, it's like 40 days. And now it's not even 40 days, 39 days, whatever. Like, that's not that long. I've definitely gone 39 days without talking to dad, just because neither one of us pick up the phone. You know what I mean? I yeah. just like... This is a little different for Rachel and Juliet because they are in each other's lives a lot and then they're going to six months radio silence. Yeah, no, I fully get that. We kind of got off track. I I just don't think that we're like a tearful goodbye kind of family. We're like... No. We're like, peace, uh, text me if you die. Text me if you die. <laughs> Do you ever pull that move? If like, so you say you're not like a tearful goodbye and you're not like a romance gal or whatever, but I know you when it comes to Andrew, you get a, you get a little like, you'll be like, I love you. And he'll be like, okay. And you'll be like, say it back. I just, I know that is an interaction that you guys have had. I had that last night. So there you go. every night, when we go to bed, I say, I love you. And if he doesn't say it back, sometimes he just says it back. If he doesn't, I sing T-Pain in his ear until he says it back. And then I go, I don't think you mean it. <laughs> I'm like, it sounds like you were forced to say that. Say it like you mean it. Hey, one time, I, I do this all the time, but this is the one that stands out the most. I was leaving and she was just like, change your socks, your feet smell. And I was just like, what if that was the last thing you said to me? What if I died? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said that last episode. <laughs> Honestly. But for something else. We'll we'll be on the phone for like my entire drive home. And then I'll text I'll be like, hey, I got I gotta prep for the podcast or whatever, right? And she'll be like, okay. And then, you know, love you, love you, hang up. Two seconds later, she calls me. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you something. Okay. Oh, I, I got such and such. Okay, cool. Love you. No, wait. And then just starts telling me a story. And I'll be like, no, I, I gotta go. And she'll be like, why don't you love me? Every time. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, any emotion at all to Juliet and Rachel's tearful goodbye? Not even a little bit. Do you care for Rachel at all? Not even a little bit. On the island, Saeed again asks Juliet who she is. And Juliet says, if she tells him who she was and everything that she has done and knows he would kill her Saeed asks what she thinks he will do if she doesn't and Jack tells Saeed to leave her alone and Saeed says sooner or later she's going to answer his questions and Jack says she will do so when she is ready and he will wait as Juliet is under his protection which Saeed was not happy about so in this part I was kind of getting frustrated with Saeed because I was like kind of like I said last time I said I feel like he's kind of become this flat character where this is his only side and he's just, you know, suspicious guy. I was getting frustrated with him. I was like, why are you coming for my girl, Juliet? And then I had to tell myself, he doesn't know everything I know. 
He only has his perspective, which is that he was chained to a swing set or whatever, you know? So I was like, I'll let him slide. But in my mind, I was like, you know, as she becomes part of camp and shows that she's a good person, he needs to, you know, ease up on her. I mean, we'll chat more later about that, but you know. And in his, in his defense, he's giving her the opportunity to start saying those things. Yeah, and he's not actually being aggressive. He's just an intimidating person because he's very direct. And I personally, I understand now why she's not just spilling the beans. But I'm a bean spiller. Like, if you want to ask questions, I'm going to answer them. Especially if I feel like I have juicy gossip. Not to bring it back to Survivor, but I would love to see the idea of you like trying to hold in information. I would be a double agent so hard just because I love to gossip. I don't like to be like a shit stirrer. I just like to pass along information, but I don't want to be a part of it. Leave my name out of it. You didn't hear it from me, but dot, dot, dot. Thoughts on Jack protecting Juliet? I think he's a little smitten. I think their plan worked, even though he was like, her plan didn't work, but like his plan, their plan kind of worked. I think he's got a little crush on Juliet. Back at the beach, Charlie shakes out his jacket and finds Aaron crying and Claire sleeping through it. Charlie tends to Aaron and wakes Claire, asking if she heard him. And Claire asks if he is okay. And Charlie asks if she's okay. Claire is shocked that she did not hear Aaron while she was sleeping. And Charlie tells her to just get some rest and he will take care of the baby. I have to say something about Charlie. Okay. Because I've given him so much shit in the past, specifically about how he speaks to Claire. I'm just going to have to give him the credit that he is due in this scene. I think he handled it very well. He showed concern for her. It wasn't like what he's been in the past where he's like, oh my God, Claire, the baby's crying. Why aren't you getting the baby? Oh my God, Claire. He was like, he just, he gets Aaron and he's trying to wake her up and he shows genuine concern. I just have to say that because I've been such a Charlie hater in the past. I'll go a step further and say, I feel like Charlie was really good in this episode. And because like he, you know, it's a, it's a Claire... You know, something happens to Claire episode and normally Charlie can get pretty annoying in circumstances like that. But I feel like the entire time he was the right level of concerned. I agree. I'm not going to go so far as to be like, wow, props to Charlie. This is neutral. Like this is just, you know, what he should be doing. He didn't go above and beyond, but he didn't piss me off. Back in the jungle site and Kate are practically running home and Juliet says there's no use in telling them to slow down jack says that they're just going to need time and juliet says they handcuffed saeed to a swing set for three days and then she dragged kate into the jungle and handcuffed herself to her and lied about it she asks how long he thinks they will need and jack jokes that they will be over it by the time they get back to the camp jack asks if she's nervous and juliet says hell yes so now we have confirmation that this is exactly what juliet did drag kate out into the jungle which i feel uh, I don't understand how she slept through that. Like, I understand she was gassed, but like, that must be some strong ass gas if she just like got carried into the fucking jungle. Yeah. Of course, later, you know, might have been a team of people carrying her to the jungle. 
True, true. We get a flashback. Richard says that six months sounds like a long time, but it will fly by when she gets there. And Juliet says she's just excited to learn where there is. Ethan asks to check her vitals, and Juliet hesitantly agrees. And Richard tells her that everyone is excited to meet her as he nonchalantly preps an OJ with tranquilizer. Juliet asks what it is, and he just, no qualms, no no hesitation, says, oh, it's orange juice with tranquilizer in it. He says that she's going to want to be asleep for the trip. And Juliet says that she was fine with all the paperwork and the cloak and dagger and the fact that no one has heard of their corporation. But before she can object further, Richard asks why she was okay with all those things. He says it's quite a leap for this job opportunity. They're not even paying her that much. And Richard says he thinks she's okay with it because deep down, she knows the place that they are going is special. He tells her that she created life where life was not supposed to be with her sister and that she has a gift. He asks what she thinks she's supposed to do with that gift. And again, Juliet asks where they're going. Richard says he cannot say, but she will see things that she has never seen before. But no one is forcing her to do anything, so she wants to go back. Before Richard can finish, she chugs the OJ. Ethan says that she should not have drank it so fast and then immediately passes out. I just, in this scene, I was like, she's a little too gung-ho for the cause. And like, what cause? Because they haven't actually given her anything concrete. It's it's sounding very culty. Like, you're going to make a difference. But like, how? It, it's giving MLM. Like, don't you want to be your own boss, girly? Juliet wakes up tied to a bed. She's a little hoarse, and Ethan warns her that it's going to be like that for a bit, but it'll wear off. And then he apologizes for strapping her down and unties her, which immediately, no. I would have been like, fucking turn the submarine around. I'm going home. You know, honestly, hot take. I really feel like I made a great decision in the draft taking Ethan. He's a nice guy. He's just trying to be helpful. He kidnapped a pregnant woman. <laughs> he panicked. And here's the thing. I, I truly feel like Ethan is just so brainwashed. He thought he was doing the right thing. I feel like deep down, Ethan's really nice. I mean, we saw how he treated Claire when he was trying to make sure she didn't run away so that they could murder her for her baby. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if the others weren't involved, I feel like I can fix him. Would you want to even date Ethan? No offense, no, but like, he's not good no, looking. That that man is ugly. That's not what I mean. I just mean, as far as my drafted survival group, I'd be like, Ethan, 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 no. No kidnapping. <laughs> Put the needle down, Ethan. That All right, time out. Well, I'm, I'm glad that's what you took. I'm going to gentle parent, Ethan. It's okay to be frustrated. It's not okay to kidnap people. But they ruined my plans. I hear that you're feeling sad right now. I was just trying to save her life. Would you like to squeeze this stuffed animal to make you feel better? Yes. See, that's how I'm a gentle baron, Ethan. You turn around. Ethan has decapitated the stuffed animal. Ethan! We don't decapitate people that hurts their bodies. <laughs> New fan fiction, please. <laughs> Juliet realizes that she's on a submarine and Ethan says that they are here. She asks where and Ethan just points up. Juliet climbs the ladder and she gets her first look at the island, then walks down the dock and introduces himself offering a shake. 
saying he is looking forward to working with her. I'm not going to lie. If, I, if that was my first look at the island, I'd be like, I could get used to it here. Right? I know. Yeah. Also, she climbs out of a submarine. Just like no questions asked. At no point does she look down and go, I was in a fucking submarine. I mean, she was like strapped to a bed and she willingly drank tranquilizer. I feel like at this point, it's just like, what's, what else were you going to throw at me? I know. She does not ask enough questions. <laughs> I like that Ethan was just like, oh, this is like so normal. Like, oh yeah, you're you're not gonna be able to talk for a little bit. Sorry for strapping you down. Oh, watch your head. <laughs> it's just like so nonchalant. It was weird. Hurley and Charlie argue about how to make oatmeal, and Sawyer says that they are three men and a baby, counting Hugo twice. Claire appears saying that she needs aspirin. Desmond says that she looks ill, and Charlie tells her to go back to bed. And Sawyer jumps into new leader mode and says he will get the aspirin, and Claire thanks him. As he makes his way to his tent, he sees Jack return. Sun and Jin spot him next, and the reunion has begun. Cue the music. Kate steps around the corner, which is a huge relief to Sawyer. Lots of hugging, and as you put it, reunification. Sawyer and Jack shake hands, and then eventually bro-hug. And Kate and Sawyer have an awkward yet familiar hug. Everyone is happy to see each other. The good vibes are immediately stopped when Sawyer sees Juliet and asks what she is doing there. This reunification scene, I think, was appropriately done because they already know, like, someone has gone to try to rescue Jack. And then when they see Jack, it's like, oh, relief. The rescue has worked. Next, I loved the Sawyer Kate stuff. The relief. The hug felt like an apology. It felt like I was so scared for you. Now you're back. I'm not going to fuck this up. Do I think there's going to be follow through with that? Who knows with Sawyer? He's emotionally stunted. But I loved it. And I even liked the little bro hug with Sawyer and Jack. I thought thought it was well done. Sometimes I wonder if Sawyer and Jack would be friends if it wasn't for the fact that they're both indicate. I told you they have... Amazing chemistry. You you obviously a big Sate fan, but you 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 gave Jate its due for a while there during a lot of that arc, I would say. And it's pretty obvious that Kate's feelings for Jack are pretty intense. Obviously, he might have a thing for Juliet right now, but now Sawyer's back in the picture. Where do you think Kate's head at is at in the love triangle? Uh, unfortunately, I do think Kate's emotional feelings, like her deep down feelings are with Jack. You can tell she's jealous of whatever's happening between Jack and Juliet. It could be very surface level. It could just be like a new attraction type of thing or he feels protective of her or whatever. I think her heart is with Jack. I think there might be some more Sate stuff happening if Jack kind of Jack kind of seems to be pushing Kate away. And I don't think she's a type that would like fight for it. I think she's the type that's going to be like whatever, fine, I'm going to go where I'm wanted, but like secretly deep down, she wants Jack the whole time. And I do think Jack is endgame for her. I don't like that phrase, but I do think that's what's the truth. Why do you not like endgame? Like the phrase endgame? Yeah. I don't know. It just felt weird coming out of my mouth. I feel like it's a bit cheesy, but I I mean, like I know really better way to put it. Yeah, it's just a quick way to say, I think that that's who she's going to end up with. You know, it doesn't really matter because they've been dead this whole time, but 
I love how genuinely upset you get when people say that. Like, I'm obviously kidding because I haven't even seen the end. But like, <laughs> I know that was like a visceral reaction for you. Today at work, my boss interviewed someone and it seems like the interview went really well. And when he left, I was like, oh, how did it go? And he was just like, ah, he's great. Really charismatic guy. I feel like he fit in really well. His one problem, though, he's a fucking Michigan fan. And I was like, don't fucking hire him. And and we like were kind of making jokes about it. And he's like, yeah. And he said the weirdest thing during the interview. He was like, they were dead the whole time. And I was just like that motherfucker. <laughs> Quick question before moving on. Does it bother you at all that they had like that whole B storyline about Sawyer being the leader only for Jack to return the next episode? Yeah. What a fucking waste of a storyline. Maybe do that like a little sooner. All for him to just be like, I'll get you some aspirin. I'm retired. Well, I mean, you could also say like him being immediately suspicious of Juliet and like teaming up with Saeed is also like him looking out for the best interest of the group and everything like that. But like, uh, yeah, I, I, don't know. I just think it was all stupid. What was your immediate thought or did you care at all for Juliet when everyone's or, when everyone's just staring at her and like pissed off to see her and she's just like so alone? It it was like, once again, I'm like, don't do that to my girl. But then I was like, I get it. She's an other. I honestly like th- this might be a little extreme, but just like looking at her, just like kind of like standing by herself and everyone's hugging and shit. And then the, the girl pissed off and she just like kind of like she she has the face of like, I'm holding back tears down pat like she she nails that look elizabeth mitchell so like when she like kind of like looks away and like off to the ocean i'm just like i i feel so sorry for her and i just want good things yeah the survivors have a meeting on what to do with juliet and they send hurley over to watch her hurley says that she's another and she introduces herself hurley says he did not remember her from the dock when they bagged them and juliet says that she had that day off which gets a little smile Hurley says that he hears she's a doctor and she says she's more of a researcher. And Juliet asks if they sent him there to watch her, which Hurley immediately says yes. Hurley then says the last time an other came to their camp, his name was Ethan. And he kidnapped Claire and Charlie got upset. And then he looks over at the tree line and says they buried him over there. I don't know if that was like Hurley trying to be intimidating or like warn her. I do like the way it was delivered. Thought that was cool. I don't like the way it was like Charlie got upset. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of phrased weirdly. Yeah. In the next flashback, Juliet is in the operating room and a patient has flatline. Ethan calls it and Juliet fights back tears and Goodwin tells her that she tried and tells her to just take off and he will talk to Ben. Any reaction to the return of Goodwin? Uh, I was like, who is that man? Why do I know who he is? And then I was like, oh, that's Goodwin. And that was about all the reaction was. <laughs> She goes down to the rocky coastline and Ben eventually joins her. He says it was Sabine's choice to get pregnant. And first, I want to say I love the name Sabine. I don't know if it's because I'm really into Star Wars at the moment. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, SAG will have gotten their deal done. The WGA finally got their deal done. And I can finally say I've been watching Ahsoka so fucking good. Have you watched Ahsoka? If you haven't watched Ahsoka, you should watch Ahsoka. I have not. What did you say about Sabine? I like the name. Oh, you know, I was so confused because I was like, why do I know that name? But it's because it's in, it's a character in the book I'm reading right now. Mm. But in, in that book, she's like an evil, 
like wolf lady. So does Sabine mean wolf? I don't know. She's like the leader of the wolf pack. Well, she's not actually the leader, but it's complicated. But anyway, she's the acting leader of the wolf pack in the book I'm reading. So Ben says that Sabine made the choice to get pregnant and she knew she was taking a risk. Juliet says she thinks whatever is happening happens at conception and that there's nothing that she can do on the island. She says the only way to find out if she is right is to take a woman off the island and Ben immediately says no. Juliet says and there's nothing she can do and she says she's sorry that she cannot help but her sister is giving birth in three months and it's time for her to go home. And Ben tells her that she will not be giving birth in three months. She will be dead by then as her cancer has returned. Ben gives her Rachel's file and she reads it. She starts crying, asking where he got it. And Ben says he got it from Mikhail. He says he's sorry for not giving it to her sooner, but he wasn't sure what good it would do. Julia immediately screams, saying she could have gone home. Ben says she can still go home and be with her in her final days, or she can stay there and help solve the pregnancy problem. And if she does, he will cure her sister's cancer. Juliet asks if she's supposed to take that on faith alone, and Ben says that she has been there for six months and done extensive workups on each of them and not seen a trace of cancer. Juliet says that that is here, and they will not allow her to bring Rachel to the island, and Ben says that Jacob said he would take care of it himself, asking if she has faith in him. Juliet seems a little shocked by this statement, and then Ben says every woman on the island needs her, and if she stays, he promises they will save Rachel's life. So a lot happened there. Yeah. First, what do you make of what they were talking about with the issue at conception? I don't really know, honestly. I mean, like a weird, like genetic mutation. I, I don't know. That's some that's some island voodoo shit that I, I'm not wrapping my head around. Thoughts on Juliet, who for all intents and purposes is not really seen to like bought in to the cult and be drinking the Kool-Aid. But she seemed to have a reaction when Jacob's name was brought up. That is true. But I was wondering the other day, I was thinking, do you think all people who are new to the group, like all the people they took for the tailies and on all this stuff, do they all have to go to the room? Do they all get brainwashed with that crap that Carl question mark was in? You know, and it's like, does that mean, it doesn't mean that it worked, but it means she knows what Jacob means to them. And she knows that if you question Jacob, like you done fucked up. So it does seem like she believes that this Jacob being can cure her sister enough that she stays. I do think the dialogue in this scene is very telling because Ben is very much like, I will cure your sister. And Juliet's like, I don't believe you and ben's like well well, jacob said he'd do it i'm wondering like has she met this jacob character or is like why does she have so much faith that this jacob person can do it and it's like if she's convinced that jacob can cure someone's cancer who's like back in the united states why wouldn't she question like well if jacob can cure cancer then why can't you guys have babies like if Jacob is all powerful, what? Why isn't he working his powers here? You know, that's my question. I have a follow up question to that. But my 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 other thought is that they just faked those fucking documents and they said, "Oh, her cancer came back," and they're but we'll cure her. And then 
she just it never actually came back and then they can show her look she's alive and well jacob did that you're making a face is that like a reveal later because that's like it was going to be my question at the end of the episode but let's just fucking talk about it now did rachel's cancer actually come back i'm gonna go no just to go with the logical option here like the logical logical, yeah i understand that nothing in the show is logical but i'm just gonna go with no because I don't know who this fucking Jacob person is. If Jacob can cure cancer, why couldn't he fix Ben's tumor? If Jacob can cure cancer, why can't these women have babies? It just doesn't make sense. Do you have any new thoughts, theories, anything about Jacob? Or is it just more questions? I think Jacob is just a white man on a power trip. And the other thing, just to circle back, they were never going to let her go. it's the illusion of choice it's like stay and we'll cure her cancer but if she said no i'm gonna go i'm gonna just go with her be with her while she dies they would have been like well you done fucked up you're going to the room they were never gonna let her go at the survivors meeting son says they cannot trust julia as she is an other jack says that they left her behind and charlie asks where they went jack says he does not know and sawyer says they should ask her and again jack says that she does not know Sawyer says they should have Saeed torture her, and Saeed says he does not do that anymore, but he does not trust her. He says if she is so innocent, why does she not answer their questions? And Jack says that she just needs time, and the fact that he trusts her should be enough, which Saeed says it is not. Any thoughts to that? I don't know why Jack thinks like, oh, well, my judgment is end-all be-all. I trust her, so you should trust her. I wouldn't say he's like, it's end all be all, but like, it's Jack we're talking about here. Who gives a fuck what Jack thinks? Okay, well, in the context of the show, these people do. They look to him as leader. And I'm not saying like dictatorship, but like, they they trust Jack with their lives. He has always been there trying to save them. He wouldn't bring, you know, theoretically someone in to hurt them. I understand that, but Jack's judgment has been wrong so many times. Jack didn't want to press the button look what would have happened if he won that standoff jack didn't want them to beat the shit out of henry gale because he was like we don't know well they were right in that instance and they should have beat the shit out of him i'm just saying i don't know where jack gets off thinking like oh well i trust her i mean i was like team jack as far as like stop being mean to my girl juliet but like I just don't think I I, once again, I'm going to go back to if they just use the logic, the reasoning of she was tricked into coming to this island. She's been here for three years and she's been trying to leave the whole time. I think people would have sympathy for her. And I understand why she's not spilling beans. But why isn't Jack? He's all I respect. You know, I'm going to get into that later because I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Desmond asks where Locke went, and Jack says that he went with the others after he destroyed the sub, which was going to take him home. Everyone is shocked that the others would let him go and that he made a deal with Ben. Sawyer says Jack should have let Ben die, and Kate says that he did it for them. But Sawyer counters saying it sounds like he did it for himself. Sawyer says Jack is fighting every single one of them, but sticking up for another. And as Jack continues to yell, Claire collapses. Jack springs into doctor mode, asking about her symptoms as they carry her to her tent. Juliet asks what happened to her, and Jin asks why she cares. 
Juliet runs up to Kate saying she needs to speak with Jack. Kate says he's busy and then asks why. And Juliet says she knows what happened to Claire because she did it to her. Let me go back to the beginning of that scene. The way that Jack phrases it, I understand like what he was trying to say. But if he had just added a little more information, he was like, yeah, the stuff that was going to get me off this island. that's a gasp moment because what he needed to say whether he was going to do it or not he needed to say that was going to get me off this island so I could get someone here to rescue you or rescue us you know there there was no mention of of rescue or us he was just like yeah I was gonna get my ass off this island while Claire is collapsing, he did like kind of scream like I I spent every moment I was there trying to find a way off the island so I could get us all rescued. I was trying to help us. But like that was kind of in the background of Claire again passing out because that's all she apparently does on this fucking show. I get that. But it's like the he set himself up so that he was going to have to like battle his way back. Like he should have just phrased it like that up front. Like, oh, the submarine that was going to take me to get rescued. You know what I mean? Not, he was just like, yeah, peace out, bitches. Which I know that's not what he was doing. Yeah. But like, I think if I had been stuck on an island for however many days, and then I hear someone just being like, wow, 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 I was going to get off and then I couldn't. I'd just be like, okay. Well, fuck you, dude. Glad he blew up the sub. Sawyer says some interesting stuff here about how Jack is sticking up for another and fighting them. And again, I feel like him, it was short lived his role as leader, but this is another example of him being like part of the group. It, it was very ironic for Sawyer to be like, you're fighting us. Cause for a lot of the time you could say, since when is there an us with Sawyer? True. Any reaction to Claire suddenly collapsing? Did you care at all when she was like not feeling well earlier? I figured it was going to be something bigger like that. that they weren't introducing this storyline of her not feeling well just to be like, and she had a migraine and she got some Advil and she's fine now. Um, I think my biggest reaction was just, the, I understand like whatever, but the questions that Jack was asking were just so, they seemed so trivial for what was happening. She's like gushing blood from her face and he's like, has she had water? There was no blood. Yes, her nose was bleeding. Was there blood? I did not see the yes. blood. Yes. I, I was bleeding. taking notes. <laughs> anyway, it just, it's like the jokes you see on TikTok where the, like you go to the doctor and you're like on the brink of death and they're like, well, you could stand to lose 25 pounds. When was your last period? Like that's <laughs> what it made me feel like when he was just like, uh, has she had enough water? Like, yeah, she's a little bit dehydrated and that's why she's passed out bleeding from the face i know he's not a real doctor but like if the, if something like this were to happen i would just be like i don't i don't he probably has a reason for that question i i know that's what i'm saying it's like you have to start somewhere yeah. but it just felt silly because it's like it's obviously something bigger going on kate pulls jack away to speak with juliet while sawyer and saeed watch from a distance sawyer asks if he has a bad feeling in his stomach Said says nothing, which apparently means yes, and he says he does too. Juliet explains that Claire's immune system is turning on her as a result of a medication that is still in her bloodstream designed to keep her alive in the late stages of her pregnancy. Jack asks who it was designed by, and Juliet says it was her, explaining that women cannot have children on the island. 
The body turns on the baby, treating it as a foreign invader. She says every pregnant woman on the island has died, making Kate immediately look at Sun. Any reaction, theory, fear? I mean, it's just more of like, uh-oh. This, I remember, was like huge for me because I remember thinking like, oh, she's pregnant. That's probably going to be difficult to deal with. Obviously, it was like a whole thing with Claire, but I feel like it was going to be different because it was like essentially the entire pregnancy for Sun. But now with like the she's going to die, it really like starts the clock on like how bad this is going to be. But it also returns to our question is like, Her theory is that it happens at conception. Claire did not conceive on the island. So did Sun conceive on the island or did Sun conceive pre-island? That could make a difference. And maybe we're just going to assume they don't know how pregnancy works. She conceived on the island. Whatever. And then that, yeah, her life is definitely at risk. But something to think about. The other factor here is Juliet said that when Ethan was taking blood samples, they determined that she was starting to show symptoms, even though she did not conceive on the island. And if not for the serum, Claire would have died. So even if she conceived off island, it's not like they have a lot of that serum lying around. This could be a serious problem either true, way. True, true. And then I'm wondering, OK, but then her theory of it happens at conception is probably not true then. Because Claire got sick anyway. Theories, theories, theories. That theory was like three years ago, though. Who knows what happened in between those two gaps? Yeah. Juliet says that was until Claire. Jack asks what they did to her, and she explains that Ethan was taking blood samples after the plane crash. She explains that even though she did not conceive on the island, she was developing symptoms, and they wanted to save her life. Jack says they did that by kidnapping her, and Juliet says that Claire was supposed to be the control group. The serum was supposed to reverse what was happening to her, but then Ethan got found out and improvised. She says that Ethan acted on his own. It was never her plan to have Claire kidnapped, and Juliet says she knows how it sounds, but without the serum, Claire would have died, and without it, she's going through withdrawal, and her immune system is shutting down. Juliet says that she can fix it, she just needs to get to Ethan's old stash at the caves they used to live at. And if she goes right now, she can be back before it is too late. And Jack tells her to do it. I don't know what it is about Juliet's explanation of the Ethan thing, but I love it so much because I feel like the Ethan storyline is like long over. And at this point, watching it for the first time, that was like three years ago. But it's it's so fun to me that they revisited like one of the original storylines and kind of like recontextualized it like it is essentially retconning a little bit but not really because it's not changing the story really at all it's not changing it it's giving us a different perspective on it like we only saw one side now we're getting the other's version of it yeah and i i love i really like that that other perspective and just it made me really enjoy the scene plus i i remember just like watching it for the first time i was like i i love it when they like revisit old stuff you ever notice that when a character leaves a tv show they never refer to that character like ever like it could be the main character and they'll never like on the office michael leaves they say his name like three times after yeah they even i saw on the office ladies they even ask someone asked that question like why michael is never referred to like one time pam's like he got a puppy and named it pam beagsley and that's like the only time he's referred to until the end and they were like is that like 
a legality thing? And they were like, no. At least they said no. But yeah, it's true. I've always wondered what that's about. Because it's not like, and I get like, how often are you just going to like randomly bring up a dead character? But like they, they very rarely reference anyone that dies after like the first five episodes of them being dead. Yeah, but to your point of them like revisiting the story, it like ties it all together. It makes me think of a scene in Scream 3 where uh, Randy was like, oh, in trilogies, the third one will reveal something in the first one to be not entirely true and like changes your perspective on everything. And I was like, it is not lost on me that this is the third season changing something about the first season. Mm. In the next flashback, Juliet eats her breakfast and Goodwin asks where she is. She says in bed with him. Reaction? I think I was like supposed to have a reaction, but I just kind of was like, okay. Well, I I think the true reveal here was like they've kind of been hinting or you have been hinting that like she and Ben were a thing in the past and that their tension was because of like romantic quarrels, which I never bought into that theory as much as you tried to get me to think it. I didn't. I just said what the show said. Everyone's like, oh, they've got history. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, you were saying it. The show was saying it. Never believed it. Fake news. Um, So I think this was just like, it wasn't Ben. It was Goodwin. And I was just like, okay, I don't care. He's kind of old for her. I have no idea how old he was at this point. I guess she doesn't have that many options. Like, Could have been Ethan. He's not. He's not a looker. I was ready to give Juliet Hottie of the Week when she was just like sitting there holding the pillow. I was ready to give Juliet Hottie of the Week basically the whole episode. And she is Hottie of the Week since you brought it up. The kind of like a lackluster way to say it. The end of it, I was like, well, shit. But it doesn't take away from the fact that she she was hot. I'll tell you where she where she nailed it down later on. But I mean, from literally the opening scene when she was like trekking through through the island i was like ayo oh yeah when she like was like all sweaty and got a little like little dirt and grime on her yeah oh yeah she's day 39 of survivor island hot at that point yeah that's a great way to put it goodwin asks where she was and juliet says she realizes that tomorrow will be three years on the island for her goodwin says he better make a cake then there's a knock at the door and goodwin asks what she had delivered as she's looking at x-rays he asks her what's wrong, and then she storms out of her house and walks across the barracks and knocks on the door of Ben's place. She asks if she can come in. We find that he was reading Carrie, which is apparently depressing, and also the book club book from the season premiere flashback. Juliet tells him that he has a tumor, very bluntly, shocking Ben. She reminds him of how she took the x-rays because he was complaining about back pain, and then says that he seemed surprised. Ben says that he was just told he has cancer. Of course he's surprised. And Juliet says that all she said was he has a tumor. Ben fixes himself a drink as Juliet asks why he's scared. And she says that he claimed to have cured Rachel. And if he can cure cancer, how does he have it? Ben says he does not know. So Juliet slaps the glass out of his hand, which that should have been hottie of the week moment. It was so it was so fluid because she slapped it and went right into pointing. It was just like, immediately. I loved that. She demands to speak to Rachel right this moment, and Ben says it won't happen, but he can assure her that she is fine. 
Juliet says he never cured her, and Ben says that he did. She says that he is a liar and screams that he lied to her, and Ben says he told her the truth, saying he gave his word. Juliet breaks down, asking to go home, begging to let her go home, and Ben says no and walks away, leaving her to break down. Sad. It was at this moment that I realized I was enjoying the flashbacks more than the Island Island storyline, which I guess they're both on the island. I was enjoying the flashbacks more than the present day storyline. Well, they were just giving us more, you know? Yeah. But some a few things I want to talk about. Juliet doesn't believe that Rachel's alive, believes Ben lied, and therefore is questioning Jacob. Yeah. Any thoughts on there? I think it's a logical train of thought. You said something earlier about Juliet where it's like, maybe she knows if you question Jacob, you've done messed up was your words. Are you saying she does not believe in Jacob, believe Jacob is just kind of doing it because everyone else is and she's going with the flow? Well, I was thinking that for a second, but then I was like, but she stays because she thinks that means Jacob is going to cure her sister. So she must believe it to some extent. But then I think all of that crumbles when she realizes, well, if Ben can get sick and he's afraid, then Jacob's not all powerful. And therefore, my sister is dead in in her mind. Juliet finds Ethan's stash by the tree and attempts to open it when Saeed and Sawyer tell her to step back. She tells them that it's for Claire and Jack knows about it. And Sawyer says that Jack is not there and then opens the case. It is full of medicine, and Juliet says that she was telling the truth, and Saeed says he's now going to test the validity of her statement that if she told them everything, he would kill her. Which Sawyer says, talk. I did like that back and forth. Juliet says they do not have time for this, and Sawyer says that they cleared their schedules, they have all the time in the world. Juliet then switches tactics, saying it's interesting how they are now the moral police. She asks Saeed how long until he told everyone how many people he tortured, and asks if everyone knows about Barca. She then turns to Sawyer and says she is sure the first thing he did when the plane crashed was tell everyone about the man he killed in cold blood the night before getting on the plane. She then says they can skip the part where they pretend to be righteous and she is going to take the medication to Claire and they will let her because without it she will die and the last thing they need on their hands is more blood. She then takes the case and they let her pass. This was badass. This is where she solidified hottie of the week. Stick it to the man, Juliet. But my main question coming out of this, like I understand that Mikael like digs into all of them, gets all their dirty details. But for the most part, the stuff they know is stuff that's like documented. How do they know that Sawyer killed someone right before he got on the plane? My guess is they probably solved the murder back in Australia after he got on the plane. I guess like that kind of feels like a stretch for me. Unless there was like documentation of him buying that gun and they were able to like test and confirm it was the gun. Cause like how else it was just a random guy walking up to a random guy shooting him and leaving in the rain. He bought the gun off someone so they could yeah, have maybe trace they, the gun to that person and flipped. They also, maybe they figured out that Frank Duckett had qualms with Hibbs and they were able to put two and two together. I mean, they've been on the island for three months at this point. There's, It's possible that they solved it. 
I think the theory would probably be the former. That's probably the one that happened. Um, two, I've been using the word qualms a lot, and I think you've picked that up from me, but I think you've used it like a little bit incorrectly both times that you've said it today. What does the word qualm mean? Well, it's like, it's not that you use it wrong. It's just like not the way that I think you should use it. Like you were using it like beef, like, oh, he's got beef. They've got tension. They have conflict. But qualms is like, oh, I have no issue with that. I have no apprehension about that. Wouldn't that be no qualm? Yeah, but you were like, oh, you found out that they have, that he has qualms with blah, blah, blah. But like, that's just not typically, I feel like that's not typically how that's used. It's more like a connotation versus denotation type of situation. So what you're saying is I used it in a correct sense, not the Mm -hmm. normal sense, and you don't like it. I'm going to look up the actual dictionary definition of qualms because I kind of feel like you didn't. Like, Qualms doesn't mean conflict and you, you're you using it like... Does it mean issue? See, feeling... See, I, I nailed it. Feeling of doubt, worry, fear, especially about one's own conduct or misgiving. So you're saying... You were talking, you're like, oh, he found out that he has qualms with... Okay, so I used it wrong one time. Why? Yeah. why okay. What are the because, other times that I'm not using right? Because you said it earlier and I don't even remember what you said. I'll look back to it, but... I said that Richard told her with no qualms that he put tranquilizer in the orange juice. Yeah, that one's fine then. Okay. Well, that that's was, all that two times. Okay. So you're 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 50-50 today. If I was in the majors, that'd be a pretty good average. I've got qualms with HelloFresh. <laughs> no, that's not right. That's not right. You're not one. I, I get I get that. That's the joke. But you said it, so now it's on record. One shut, no, shut the fuck up. I have no qualms with my improper use of the word. Oh my God. Can we get on with the show? That puts me at two for four. No, I don't. I'm not counting that one. We get another flashback where we see the day of the crash again. After Ben sends Ethan and Goodwin out to the fuselage and tail, he asks if he can speak to Juliet. They go to the flame station and Ben asks Mikhail what he knows so far. And he tells him it's Oceanic Flight 815 from the city to LA. I, I would love to see like, Ben brought Juliet and you and Mikhail says, Oh, it's Oceanic flight one five. And you say, we don't really need to know the flight number. <laughs> <laughs> no, in that case, it, it is relevant. Ben says that he wants detailed files on all passengers. And Mikhail says he's already on it. He then asks to connect to Richard on the mainland. Ben says that his feelings were hurt when she called him a liar the day prior, which means this is something I wanted to talk about. Mm. Do you remember the song that was playing the day of the crash that Juliet put on and like held back tears? Yep. It was. Oh, I don't know. I just remember there was a song. Downtown. And you're alone. Oh, uh, sure. She played that on the day that Oceanic Play 815 crashed, which also was the three year anniversary that she came to the island. When was the last time we heard her listen to that song? The last time she saw Rachel. It was playing in the car. Okay, and? Love that attention to detail. She That's probably like her and her sister's favorite song or something, or she at least attributes it to the fact that that's the last time she saw her, and it's her anniversary, and she thinks Rachel's dead, and now it puts so much more context into that scene of her like trying not to cry and like getting through the day. I loved it. Loved it. 
I liked that we got the reasoning for why she was crying. I liked that we went back to that scene and now we have context for that scene. Yeah, because of the song. No, it's <laughs> no, it's not. The song's part of it. Oh, sure, whatever. I have no qualms with you not caring. Oh about the song. my god, I hate you. You love me. Past my bedtime. <laughs> you think it's past your bedtime? I'm sleepy. Ben puts on a headset and asks if Richard can hear him. And then it cuts to a live feed of a newspaper showing today's date, September 22nd, 2004. Richard then pans up to reveal Rachel. Juliet starts to cry and is touching the screen. And Ben explains that a little over two years ago, to everyone's surprise, Rachel's cancer went into remission. And then she gave birth to a healthy boy, Julius. Julian. Was it Julian? I thought it was Julius. It could have been Julius. I'm going to be honest. I hope it's Julian and not Julius. Live look up. It's Julian. Haha. Thank God. Because I my first thought was Julius is not a great name. No offense to anyone out there named Julius. It makes me think of DQ. Dairy Queen? Orange Julius isn't like... I think that's a thing. But the problem is Julian makes me think of Penguins of Madagascar. Okay. King Julian! Okay, can we move on? Juliet continues to cry and Ben tells Richard to cut the feed and return to the island as they have visitors. Juliet starts to cry when the feed goes out and Ben says he is not a liar and Juliet again asks to go home. Ben says that that's not their arrangement. She's going to stay and help them solve the pregnancy problem and Juliet says the mothers keep dying. Ben says that they will find more mothers and maybe there are some on the plane. You can't help but just like feel terrible for Juliet in moments like this or she's she's just big and like you're like oh the illusion of going home it's like at this point there's no illusion he's just outright saying no yeah I was actually gonna say that in the scene where she's crying and she's like please let me go home and he's like no they've dropped the act of like come on bigger purpose blah 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 he's just like no not letting you go that has to be so frustrating because she knows there's nothing she can do and it also makes me wonder if that whole thing about some of us want to change. If that's even true, if it's just her, she's just like, Ben is not letting me leave. Let's fucking kill him on the operating table. It does also raise into question what Ben was saying to Locke in The Man from Tallahassee about the illusion of choice. And some of my people like want to be here. They're just not ready to make that commitment. Was Juliet not going around to people and just being like, I don't want to be here, but Ben won't let me leave. I don't know. There must be something. There's obviously something beyond the fact that she just straight up can't leave. Like she's, they maintain control over her. She does what she's told. She sucks it up and she does book club, you know? So there has to be a bigger threat. But she didn't invite Ben. So she really, you know, she, she got hers in the end. Mm -hmm. Juliet runs in with the case until, and Charlie tells Jack that they cannot let her treat Claire as she is one of them and one of the people that did it to her. Jack says that he can that she can help and again Charlie says they can't trust her and Jack says that he trusts her and asks if Charlie trusts him which after some hesitation Charlie says yes. He asks for a few minutes and then asks Juliet how long it will take and Juliet says they should see effects in a few hours. Jack stops her from making the injection and says that if something were to happen and if Claire were to die he will not be able to protect her and she will be on her own. And Juliet says she is already on her own and then injects Claire. I'm very curious on what you, how you feel about Jack in this episode. My guess is that if you do have any thoughts on Jack, it's going to be towards the end when they talk on the beach. 
yeah, that's, I didn't really have strong feelings about him. Like I, I liked that he was like backing Juliet because he knows the most about her. Um, I am going to get a little pissy soon. Charlie is holding both Aaron and Claire's hands while she sleep, or well, I guess they all sleep kind of. Claire comes to and asks what happened as if nothing was wrong, causing Charlie to smile. Jack joins Julia on the beach and gives her a tarp, some blankets, a pillow, everything you need to get started because they just have those fucking things laying around. It's like they take the tents down and like fold it up and they're like, here you go. It's just, this is what I don't understand. You're telling me they just have excess pillows and blankets and tarps? That would be like gold on this island. That would be the most valuable thing on the island and they just have it laying around to hand out to others? Absolutely not. I like to imagine that some of the background characters were like, look, the fucking ping pong table got launched into the jungle. That mattress has to be somewhere. That's a, you know, honestly, there's just a lot of things that are annoying. (laughs) Am I one of them? You don't have any qualms of saying that? I'll never speak to you again after this episode. (laughs) The series finale of Lauren Gets Lost. He tells Juliet that Claire is awake and that they have a lean-to that they're using for shade that everyone is okay with her setting up at for now. What is a lean-to? Oh, it's like um, a structure that has only like three walls. One wall is just open to the environment. Okay. That sounds like all their tents. Yeah. So well, he j- he just gave her all the stuff that she needs to make a tent and then said, there's a tent for you? Well, I think some of their tents are like completely closed off. So like if it's a lean-to, that means there's one completely open wall open to the environment that they were using for shade. He gives her an extra tarp that she could secure up to make that fourth wall. Okay. The sixth wall, as mom would say. The ceiling, if you will. <laughs> Juliet thanks him, and Jack says that they're good people, willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, but eventually they will need answers. Juliet asks why he does not need answers himself, and Jack says that she was there when the sub exploded. And in that moment, he saw in her eyes that she wanted to get off the island more than anyone. And that makes her one of them. That's all well and good, Jack. But those aren't the answers that we need. Like, I... (sighs) God damn it, Jack. This is what I cannot stand. And I'm going to go look a bunch of different directions with this. One, in the past, he has been the most need-to-know guy on the island. What the fuck is the little plane about, Kate? Oh, my God. (laughs) What is the button? Why does it matter? Why do you want to press it? Oh, my God. Like, screaming at people because he needs to know. He needs to know. And so I was like, okay, is this growth? No, he just thinks that he knows everything he needs to know. So this isn't a need to know. He's like, I know, but Jack, you're missing the bigger picture. Okay, you're not questioning her. You trust her. That's fine. But if you trust her, trust her to give you all the dirty details about the others. Like they have been hunting your people this whole time. You're a supposed leader of this group. And The others are not just like a threat that has gone away. You're not going to take this opportunity to get as much answers about them as possible. Like, I don't love Sawyer and Saeed's approach, but they're asking the right questions. 
And I just, honestly, Jack, I feel like this was them trying to be like, look how Jack is growing. Jack is so chill. No, this is not the time to be chill. Or use your relationship with Juliet to get the answers that we need. And I understand. I do actually understand from a show perspective that they just truly cannot give me those answers right now. But I need every single one of them to be asking her the questions because at least Sawyer and Saeed are asking the questions and she's refusing to answer. Whereas Jack is just like, I don't need them. It's fine. I want like a Disney style, like opening sequence on the next episode where Juliet just like wakes up and is like going about her morning and everyone's like, hi, Juliet. What are the others up to? Oh, not yet guys. And she's just like, la di da di da. And everyone's just like asking her. And then they break out into song of like, how do you solve a problem like Juliet? That's perfect. That's exactly what I need. So we kind of get the last scene as both a flashback and like a present day overlap. But as Juliet sets up her tent on the beach, we also learn that Juliet and Ben planned every single moment since the others disappeared. They go over the plan in detail. And Juliet says that after everything that's happened, they're not going to trust her. And Ben says that they activated the implant in Claire and she will be sick by the time she gets back to the beach. There will be a nice crisis for her to solve. The case was a plant, and Ben says that Jack trusts her. Ben asks if Juliet is okay, and she says she's fine. And then he gives her a gas mask and says, I'll see you in a week. And then at the camp, the friendly smile that she was wearing as a mask drops. And that is how the episode ends. Yes. Did you gusp? I gasped. Here's the thing. Don't say it. Who are in heaven? I hit my... (laughs) Ah, fuck. I've been rooting for this girl the whole episode. But it's like, she's still just doing what she's told. I'm still holding out hope for her. There's still... She's got a whole week to rebel against the others. A whole week to open up to our people and say, look, here's the real plan. Here's what's really going down. I have a couple like theories on what I think in my perfect world, what could go down. Okay. She could learn about son's pregnancy and just be like, fuck this ruse. I need to help this woman. This is a pregnant person and I'm the person equipped to help her. I'm not going to go through with Ben's plan. Whatever that plan is. Don't know what that plan is. Don't ask me. Don't know. Well, that was Um, the question that I was going to (laughs) ask. I get that. I don't know. The other, like, it could just be infiltrate them and, like, get even more, inf- like... To what end? They know everything. They've infiltrated them several times. What could they possibly want at this point? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Unless they have, like, found out that son is pregnant somehow. They're like... Or they're like, get that baby. You better get Aaron. I have no idea. I don't think Juliet would do that. Why would they but... want... If they found out son's pregnant, why would they want her? I don't know, to bring her back and keep doing what they were going to do to Claire. But she's like newly pregnant. There's no sense in taking her right now. I mean, I guess to give her medication. It doesn't matter. So anyway, I still feel like, or she's going along with the plan, but like maybe she has her own plan and she needed to still do all those things that they were saying to gain trust. Like she still needed to gain trust with the Claire situation and everything. So she went along with what Ben and said but she's got her own plan and she's gonna like hold jack to the side and be like listen 
Ben thinks I'm going to do this, but here's what we're really going to do. Because, like, Julia is just too good of a character to be a villain. I love her too much for her to do that to me. And so I'm holding out hope. Speaking of too good of a character, we have said a lot of stuff about Jack and his treatment towards women, controlling, things like that. You could also say another character is a lot like that. Ben. How are we feeling about Ben? Ben's a little rat boy. Ben is a villain, and I like him as a villain. He's an enjoyable character. Is he a manipulator? Hundo P. Hundo P. But I like him. I like his character. Yeah, I'm not going to like give you shit about the whole Jack thing today, because like it's, it's not the same thing. Jack is a piece of shit but like they portray him as a hero ben is a piece of shit that they portray as a piece of shit right like he fully says like i manipulate all these people Uh, we love a self-aware king even even like well if a racist is just like i'm racist (laughs) i'm not gonna be like oh i love you for that (laughs) well he's i'm not he's not racist so don't put words in my mouth You're, you're right i'm so sorry final thoughts on the episode lauren it was really good and refreshingly good after some just dog shit content coming out of content. Why did I say that? Just dog shit episodes. I gotta, I gotta say this in under a minute. Um, <laughs> I looked up at the time to see. No, strap in because th- this is it. The run has started. In my opinion, the rest of the episodes for season three are really good. Now they're not all like the greatest thing you've ever seen. They're not all like, oh, it that episode's really good. Next week's better. It's just like, there's not a bad episode, in my opinion. There's at least one really cool moment in every episode. And as we get closer and closer to season three, I am very excited to see what you think. Here's what I need answers on. What the fuck happened to Danielle? Does she like stow away with the others so she can keep up with Alex? Or is she just like wandering around again? Like, I need to know about that. Um, I'm pretty excited. For the rest of this. All right. Because this is where the run begins, because things are about to get really intense, and because you just said you need to know about Danielle, let's check in. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I need theories about how the rest of the season is going to go. Okay. What's up with Locke and Anthony Cooper? You know, it's like, no matter what I say, I'll be disappointed with what actually happens. I, I don't even know. I tr- I can't. Probably they're going to be like playing catch next time we see them. They're going to be like, like, thanks, dad. Sure thing, son. What is going on with Carl? Where is he? Probably just like made it back to the commune and, and no one's there. And he's like, it's like, guys, guys. Do you anticipate anything happening with Desmond's flashes soon? Uh, I could see him maybe seeing something like big, like he and he sees something like big that's going to happen and maybe he warns against it or a, or he sees something that teases us up for the next season. I don't know. What do you think? And when do you think Julia will ultimately make the decision on like which side? Oh, I couldn't possibly say she's got a week. If, if the plan isn't already in her head, if she doesn't already know, I'm going to switch to the good side and, and I am going to lock that in. I think she's going to go good. Even if maybe she fakes us out and she doesn't reveal it until the last possible second. That's what I'm going to assume. It's like the whole time I'm going to be like, damn, she's not going to go good. And then it's going to be revealed like she went good. Do you think you get your long-awaited Danielle and Alex reunion this season? 
I, I'm going to say yes, just to be, just to put positivity out into the world, you know? Is anyone going to die? Of course. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If they introduce this kick-ass character of Juliet just to only have her on for season three, crime. I'll be very upset. She better not die. She better be in it to win it, you know? They would never do that on Lucia and Echo. They kill all the girls. So it's like, um, yeah, I'm sure. Well, like I said, I know Charlie dies. So I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to go. It's going to be a Charlie death. They've been really trying to like revamp his image this season. Not doing a super great job, but like, I, I almost think they actually are doing a good job because they're doing it slowly. Like we, this we episode, ha- this episode, he was like, fine neutral he kind of teeters and i I actually think that's the way to do it he can't just be like good all of a sudden well we haven't had a charlie episode since he kidnapped a baby so maybe that's like their best option just like never spend time on him no he's gonna die i know that and i'm thinking he's gonna die this season any more thoughts on jacob just a white man with a god complex do you think probably a fucking doctor (laughs) dr jacob do you think Locke will react if and when he learns about Jacob. What do you mean react? Like, of course he'll react. Anything that, like, unless he like just pretends like he doesn't hear anything. How do you think he would re- he would react? Honestly, Locke's the type that he'd fucking tattoo Jacob on his forehead. He's gonna be all in for Jacob. Any outlandish prediction as we near the end of season three? Mm, okay, uh, this isn't even a prediction. It's more of just like what the fuck season two finale we ever gonna see anything with fucking penny because at the end of season two they show her and these two guys in antarctica and they're like big big teaser and we are like 16 episodes in and there has been nothing so I, it's not outlandish it it needs to happen i need some some penny action here what do you think that was setting up i think maybe they like they're saying they found the island and so maybe she's gonna try to get to the island but they were saying oh nobody can get the others are like we can't nobody can get to the island so like that's kind of confusing is she coming to the island or is she like the rescue effort bitch i don't know last question who is next week about Charlie? no i think i would like it to be about Locke, just so we could see what's going on over there but i think we've had him too recently so i'm not gonna say Locke. Just feels like we've had everyone. Can I have a, a title? Catch 22. I've read that, I think. Is it a book? It's a book. It always makes think... me think of Sophie's Choice. Uh, dude, I've got nothing. I'm forgetting all the characters. Like, t- Jack again? Yeah. What? No. <laughs> you might be getting Penny sooner than you thought. It's a Desmond episode. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm happy with that. It is. It's it's a really good one. I'm very excited. I'm I'm so excited for this run of episodes we're about to go on. This is why season three is my favorite season. Okay. That's all I have for this episode. No more questions. But if you want to get your questions in for flashback, you can give them to our socials. Lauren, where can they find them? You can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, on Instagram at laurengetslostpod. Check out our YouTube. Don't forget to sub give us five stars wherever you're listening 
leave us a review send us a nice dm tell your friends tell your family tell some guy named jacob and join us next week for catch 22 which is a book i think Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.